It's a Thursday. Man, we're moving closely to the weekend now. Weekend's going to be fun. A lot of good college football games coming up this weekend. Ohio State, Georgia. That's going to be, uh, pardon me, LSU, Georgia. Uh, Ohio State, Georgia, maybe if Georgia knocks off LSU. If not, it's going to be first round of the playoffs for the championship will be Ohio State, LSU. And that's going to be like playing for the national championship. It really will be, because I don't know. I know there's people out there to talk about how great Clemson is. I say they play in the shoddiest uh, conference almost in college football. They really do. They don't play. They hardly play anybody. It does benefit them so that they can be healthy, you know, when they go up against, for the past few years, Alabama and other teams. And they're always going to have a great record. I mean, for God's sakes, come on. You know, people used to say the same about USC over a decade ago. Yep, same in the thing. Pac-10. I agree. Every once in a while, UCLA would have their team. Or Stanford. Yeah, or, well, you know, Stanford has done some pretty good things lately. Were you surprised by the way that Peterson uh, quit? Yeah. That's kind of interesting. Did you read the article about that? He said he was wanting to step down because of the stress. Okay. And the anxiety of coaching. Sounds a whole lot like Urban Meyer. Yeah. Kind of, you know? Mm-hmm. So we'll have to see. You know, that's this is a guy, that was his dream job where he wanted to go. I mean, he he left Boise to go up there. He That was his dream job? Yeah. Washington? Yes. Wow. Didn't he? I thought he graduated from Washington. Take a look at that. I'm almost positive that's the case. So anyway... Uh, that's going to be interesting uh, to see. I'm I now I'll be interested to see if he's wanting to go to some other program. You know, I'm, I'm just wondering if he's wanting more money somewhere. Well, so he graduated from California. Okay, yeah, that's where he went to school. Mm-hmm. There's something going on there about there's something there's some connection to Washington. I'm, I remember hearing okay. that he wanted to go to Washington. Now he's there, and maybe it's tougher to do what he wants to do in the Pac-12. Yeah, than, you know he thought it was going to be. I don't yeah, especially know. at a school like Washington. I mean, again, you know, if that's his dream job, gosh, he's got to be one of a handful of people to say that. You know, Washington. Yeah. By the way, did you hear that uh, Leach is one of the people they're looking at for Arkansas? But I think he just got his contract extended by Washington State, if I'm not mistaken. Did he? Okay. Might have. I mean, they're, they've been playing pretty well. They need to do – but you know what? He's like the flavor of the day. I'm just saying. He's like the flavor of the day. Five years ago, no, yeah. after what was Texas Tech, Texas Tech, nobody wanted him anymore. Mm-hmm. 
He was thrown out on the ash heap, kicked to the curb. And now it's he was like, too oh, he's good. Right. He was his coaching, um, the things he would do, you know, during practice and stuff like that. Yeah. Hey, you know, you can't do that today. You know, it's 2019, you know, or whatever year it was. And those were the things that were said about him. And he left there. And that's why how he ended up at Washington State. Yeah. So his contract was extended through 2024. Yeah. So I don't know. We're going to we're gonna have to see what happens. Find out. Anyway, enough about uh, college football. And there's some other good games. I mean, Oklahoma is going to play Baylor again. That was such a tremendous ball game. Was it two weeks ago that Oklahoma came back from like 24 points down to Baylor and beat them? Yeah, about two or three weeks ago. Yeah, Yeah, Mm -hmm. that was a great game. They play again this weekend. They're doing their thing. Uh, Can Utah win on uh, Saturday night? Because everybody says if Georgia fails in playing LSU and they get their heads handed to them, they think Utah will be the team that will be number four. Right, they play tomorrow night. Is it Friday night? They it's play? Friday night against Oregon. Against Oregon, yeah. Wow. So you know what's interesting? Did you see the last? They dropped Alabama all the way down to like twelve. Yeah. I don't buy that. Other game, you know, the injury to Tua. Yeah. The two losses, even though those two losses are against two great teams. Yeah. But I think the injury to Tua, they're like, you know, yeah, hey, well, that's that, that shouldn't play into it, though. That should not, but it does. I mean, the, your roster shouldn't play into it. But, yeah, I'm not going to say it doesn't. And that's why people have always you. complained about Alabama. Because, basically, before the season begins, they were talking about the SEC this and that. We know how great the conference it is, but it feel, people have complained that Basically, they put that advantage for Alabama each and every year. And it, like I say, it puts them you know, over other teams. You know who used to get that advantage? Who? Notre Dame. Oh, my goodness gracious. I hated Notre Dame. I grew up in northwest Indiana, yeah. all right? And you could have – I like watching Michigan and Michigan State, yeah. Ohio State. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to tell you what. In the Chicago land market – all era Parsegian had to do was sneeze, and he was number one as far as they were concerned. He didn't have to. Ha- he could have put the cheerleaders on his team, and wow. they made him number one. It was incredible. Absolutely. I walked in late on that. That's all right. I'm just talking. We're just talking about how Alabama is given the benefit of the doubt oh, yeah. in the initial polling and all of that. Yeah. Well, that's the way it was for Era Parsegian in, in Notre Dame yeah. when I was growing up. I mean, he was always, or Daryl Royal in Texas. Yep. I mean, he was, it was the same way for him. Well, it was a. It's a. I mean, it's kind of funny to say this after how he's thirteen years there that they, you know, a disappointing season is two losses and the number twelve ranking. And as far <laughs> as I, hey, look, Nick I love Saban, it I hate they them. are Nick, selfish. Nick Saban, as far as I'm concerned, is the greatest coach that's coached college football. Oh, for sure. Uh, in the last forty years, okay, he's, he's yeah. amazing. He is just. Uh, he does not rebuild; he reloads. He's a loser, though. If you listen to Alabama fans, he's a loser. Oh uh, yeah, because they that, lost twice this year. Yeah, going to win the championship. Yeah, it's well, time. Alabama fans it's time to get a new coach. Hey, Arkansas is looking for a new coach, Mister Saban. Would you like to come over here? <laughs> We'd be more than happy to have you stop by. <laughs> Just say it. It's yeah. a, you know that's you Jerry know what, Jones. How much do you want? That's what I'm saying. You know, well, 
Talk to Jerry Jones after tonight's game against the Chicago Bears. I'm going to tell you what. If I'm Garrett right now, if I lose that game, yeah. I'm, I'm calling up a moving company. Because <laughs> I'm going to watch that game tonight. I'm going to watch it, too. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to watch part of it because I'm going to go to the movies before. I'm going to go see uh, Midway tonight. Really looking forward to seeing yeah. that movie. I'm I'm lucky that it's still hanging around in the theater, to be honest. A lot of those movies are still hanging around for a month. Yeah, so I'm going to go see that tonight. Linda and I are going to go to the movies tonight and see that. I was just, I'm told that I am in seats E, uh, E4 and E5. And I can tell you right now, that's uh, one of the smaller theaters, and we're right in the middle. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> I'm looking forward that's to good. it. That's good. I am. I mean, I am. I'm looking forward. I mean, just uh, have you seen the trailer for it? I have. Yeah. I I I really appreciated at the beginning that the little boy is sitting at breakfast and he's eating his cereal or whatever, and all of a sudden the the plates are shaking and stuff, and he runs out the front door, and the Japanese are bombing Pearl Harbor. It just like whoa. And and now it's CGI. You know, Roland Emmerich is going to do it well, so I'm looking forward to. Just yeah. seeing it tonight. That'll be a good movie. Yeah. By the way, it's been a minute since I've been here. It ha- how long has it been? It's been a, a couple months. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. We haven't so. got... Well, here, I want to play this for you because I All bet right. you, you missed it. Here's cut number... Uh, what we got? Cut number two. Let's start off with number two. Good morning. Let us begin where our founders began in 1776. When in the course of human events it becomes necessary from one people to, to dissolve the political bonds which have connected them with another. With those words, our founders courageously began our Declaration of Independence from an oppressive monarch for, among other grievances, the king's refusal to follow rightfully passed laws. In the course of today's events, it becomes necessary for us to address, among other grievances, the president's failure to faithfully execute the law. When crafting the Constitution, the founders feared the return of a monarchy in America. And having just fought a war of independence, they specifically feared the prospect of a king president corrupted by foreign influence. During the Constitutional Convention, James Madison, the architect of the Constitution, warned that a president might betray his trust to foreign powers, which might prove fatal to the republic. Another founder, Governor Morris, feared that a president may be bribed by a greater interest to betray his trust. He emphasized that this magistrate is not the king. The people are the king. They therefore created a constitutional remedy to protect against a dangerous or a corrupt leader, impeachment. Unless the Constitution contained an impeachment provision, one founder warned, a president might, quote, spare no effort or means whatsoever to get himself reelected. Similarly, George Mason insisted that a president who procured his appointment in his first instance through improper and corrupt acts might repeat his guilt and return to power. During the debate over impeachment at the Constitutional Convention, George Mason also asked, shall any man be above justice? Shall that man be above it who can commit the most 
extensive injustice. In his great wisdom, he knew that injustice committed by the president erodes the rule of law, the very idea that of fair justice, which is the bedrock of our democracy. And if we allow a president to be above the law, we do so surely at the peril of our republic. In America, no one is above the law. Over the past few weeks, through the Intelligence Committee working with the Foreign Affairs and Oversight Committees, the American people have heard the testimony of truly patriotic career public servants, distinguished diplomats, and decorated war heroes, some of the president's own appointees. The facts are uncontested. The president abused his power for his own personal political benefit at the expense of our national security by withholding military aid and crucial Oval Office meeting in exchange for an announcement of an investigation into his political rival. Yesterday, the Judiciary Committee, at the Judiciary Committee, the American people heard testimony from leading American constitutional scholars who illuminated without a doubt that the President's actions are a profound violation of the public trust. The President's actions have seriously violated the Constitution, especially when he says and acts upon the belief Article 2 says I can do whatever I want. No. His wrongdoing strikes at the very heart of our Constitution, a separation of powers, three co-equal branches, each a check and balance on the other. A republic, if we can keep it, said Benjamin Franklin. Our democracy is what is at stake. The President leaves us no choice but to act because he is trying to corrupt once again, the election for his own benefit. The president has engaged in abuse of power, undermining our national security, and jeopardizing the integrity of our elections. His actions are in defiance of the vision of our founders and the oath of office that he takes to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. Sadly, but with confidence and humility, with allegiance to our founders and a heart full of love for America. Today, I am asking our chairman to proceed with articles of impeachment. I commend our committee chairs and our members for their somber approach to actions which I wish the president had not made necessary. In signing the Declaration of Independence, our founders invoked a firm reliance on divine providence. Democrats, too, are prayerful, and we will proceed in a manner worthy of our oath of office to support and defend the Constitution of the United States from all enemies, foreign and domestic. There so you go. Scott. That was the uh, Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, saying that she's asked Nadler to start putting together the articles of impeachment. And so... My dream is coming true. I was hoping that they would take this to the bloody end. Well, you know, it's one of those things where it's like watching the Titanic. Yeah, go down. And expecting anything but it to sink. I think everyone knew that they were going to impeach the president on party line vote in the House and it was going to the Senate. I don't think anyone at all expected anything different. I think when you talk about the public hearings yesterday where you had the, the four 
uh, constitutional law professors, three, three of which were called by the Democrats, one of which was called by the Republicans. The three that were called by the Democrats, I mean, they already had their minds made up. They said exactly what the Democrats – look, do you think the Democrats were going to call someone as a witness that said, nah, you know, I think this is moving too fast. They weren't. So, I mean, look, I don't know. It's just one of those things where this was expected. I think everybody's – the only question was when. Uh, and it'll move over to the Senate, and it'll be what it is. Well, and, see, for, I, I but it's thought, a mistake by the Democrats. I thought Nancy Pelosi had better sense, but she has let herself be pushed by the left fringe of her own party into what I think is going to be a death spiral. Yeah, I mean, there's, and again, you go through what 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 are the possible outcomes here? I mean, you're not going to. It's all about first of all. We talked about this, Dave, a lot of times, but you look at the Democratic primary for president. The platform they're pushing is not something the general electorate is going to hop on board with, number one, right? So that's your shot at taking back the White House, which isn't going to happen. Second, if you you somehow succeed, which you won't, uh, in the Senate and get the president removed from office, so now Vice President Pence becomes the president of the United States— I mean, what, what, to what end, where do you think that you're going to actually get the White House back? It's mm-hmm. not going to happen. And, and, it's, and it's not just, you know, you, you don't have uh, a, a president or a candidate who can win the general election. And the mistakes you're making right now uh, where it looks unfair to the public. I mean, I thought yesterday was probably one of the – I mean, there's been a lot of poor moves and ill-advised moves from uh, Democratic House leadership. But to bring in – Three constitutional law professors, especially Carlin. Yeah, who who you knew beyond. I mean, you know, they had already made their minds up. They want this president out. They don't like him. They already knew that. I thought that was a mistake because it looks very. And then the Republicans bringing in the one who basically said this is moving too fast. It, it, it just it looks extremely partisan. It looks like an attack, and it plays into the president's tweets and message about this being unfair. Oh yeah, uh, and and so you know it's. There is this isn't moving the needle one iota. If you don't like the president, you want him removed. That's the way you feel. If you support the president and you want him to stay, that's how you feel. The independent between the twenties, I don't think this moves anyone. I don't think anyone believes this was done in a fair manner. They may not like the phone call. They may have some questions about some of the stuff, but I don't think this in any way is. Uh, it, you know, there's not enough credible evidence there to move forward with impeachment, but they're going to do it anyway, and we expected it all along. There's no evidence whatsoever. Right. That's the thing. There's no hard evidence of mm. anything that they've said about the president. In fact, they've wanted this president, the Democrats have, since he was elected, since the day he took the oath of office. Listen to MSNBC talk about this. Cut number five. And what's interesting, I thought about Professor Turley's argument, and he remember he was called by Republicans, the, mm-hmm. the other three were called by Democrats, was not that President Trump should not be impeached. He was talking again about the process, that yeah. he still had more to prove. Process and maybe and he timing. should be impeached, but we're not there yet, yeah. is what he said. Uh, and one, I just want to say, that. Uh, this is about, we're about hard. where we were during the Clinton impeachment. Yeah. Um, and if you take the Republicans' argument that Democrats have been uh, you know, moving towards impeachment from the time he got elected, I mean, we're three years in. So, well, but, uh, and here's Peter Baker saying, Charlie keeps saying this would be a record fast impeachment, but it really depends on how you count it. In the Clinton case, the House voted to impeach him 72 days after it authorized an inquiry. Mm-hmm. It's been 71 days since Pelosi opened the inquiry. Of course, Trump, the Republicans argue Democrats have been pursuing impeachment since the day Trump was inaugurated. In that sense, 
We're 1,048 days in. And by the way, the three other witnesses who were there for the Democrats are not alone in making the case that, no, Professor Turley, there's plenty of evidence already. This isn't moving too fast. We've got what we need to prove high crimes and misdemeanors. There you go. I mean, they admit it. Yeah. They admit it. Well, we're 1,048 days in. We've been trying to get this guy since the day one. We've got Joe Scarborough making some point about, you know, 72 days with Clinton, 71 days with Trump. How did that fare for Clinton and the Democrats? I mean, fine for Clinton. Exactly, exactly. So what's to be expected this time around? It's going to go and die in the Senate. It's not going to happen. It's going to be the exact same outcome. And I do really, truly believe this is going to hurt uh, uh, the Democratic Party. In, in the elections in 2020, you are infuriating a base that, and we remember back to 2016, why did Trump win? First of all, I mean, there were, there were several reasons. One was Hillary was a bad candidate. She didn't spend enough time in the state she needed to. But he also ignited a base and new voters to come out and vote for President Trump. Do you not think that all of this is going to ignite an already feverish base of Trump to come out in November of 2020, and put him back in the White House. It, it is, and affect the down ballot races when you're talking oh, about yeah. congressional races, Senate races. You know, now the fact that Tom Cotton doesn't have an opponent, he's going to be out there uh, helping these these Senate candidates, these congressional candidates uh, in their races as well. I'm telling you, this is this does not bode well for the Democrats. And like I said before, regardless of who the Democrats call, the Republicans call, it looks very very partisan. I don't think the general public that doesn't care one way or another is sold on either side, honestly. I just don't think they see that there's enough there to move forward impeachment and this is just political. And and I think that's truly what most Americans believe that are in the middle, that don't have a side one way or another. And I think it's going to affect uh, what happens in 2020. And the other thing too, Dave, what have the Democrats done since taking over the House? Nothing. Nothing. Impeachment, That's impeachment, it. impeachment. And then there was that one brief moment where they talked about trillions of dollars in the Green New Deal, and then that went away, and they moved back into impeachment. So, I mean, it's just, what have you done? What are you doing for the American people? Yeah, you know, it, you're not doing anything. You're continuing to concentrate on the impeachment, and there's no credible evidence. And to Willie Geist's point, who was bringing this up to begin with, if, if you know, uh, uh, the Republican... Uh, constitutional lawyer who basically says things are moving too fast, we're rushing this through. Why is that not a legitimate point? Why are we just dismissing that and saying that because he's a Republican? Three, well, right, but you're saying for three years, and it's actually funny you mentioned that they've been saying we haven't been doing this for three years, and then you got Joe Scarborough and Mika basically saying, "Oh yeah, I guess they have been doing it for three yeah, years, over a thousand been, days." Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, it has been moving too quickly. Everybody and their brother knows that this was the outcome. As soon as Nancy Pelosi announced those that uh, impeachment inquiry at the very beginning, everyone knew this was going uh, to impeachment. Party line, that's what's going to happen. It was just, when's it going to take place? So it'll be interesting to see. All right. We got to take a break. We got news coming up. We'll have a long break for you here uh, after the, uh, the news because we blew through a break here in the very beginning of the show. That's my fault. I'm not paying attention. Just a lot of interesting things to talk to. And when we come back, uh, so you don't think Professor Carlin doesn't like Trump? Wait till you hear what she did when she had to decide if she wanted to say it like one of his hotels. We'll talk about that when we come back here uh, on the Dave Ellswick Show. News is next. Give you 60 seconds. 
probably will talk a little bit about impeachment, I would figure, here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Stick with us. Got a lot more to talk about. And uh, J.R. Davis is our guest. All right, J.R. Davis, my uh, guest today here in the first hour uh, or the last hour, depending on when you're listening to my show today. Uh, But uh, he'll uh, be here. He's out in the hallway taking a phone call right now, but we'll be back here momentarily talking about uh, Professor uh, Carlin, one of the constitutional scholars uh, that appeared before the uh, Judiciary Committee of the House yesterday. Uh, You know, she has no axe to grind against the president, right? I mean, she does. She doesn't have any, you know, real emotional problems with him now, does she? Well, listen to cut four. Yeah. So I, I, I was struck. I, you know, I came in from the airport yesterday and I got off the bus from Dulles down at L'Enfant Plaza and I walked up to the hotel. And as I was walking past what used to be the old post office building and is now the Trump Hotel, this, which. I had to cross the street, of course. Um, but um, Are you staying there? God, no. <laughs> Never. Never. All right. There you go. Did you get that? She had to walk across the street. She didn't want to walk in front of Trump Tower. So you're staying there? No. God, no. I'd never do that. Yeah, she has no problems with the president. None at all. So whatever she had to say... Uh, yesterday in front of the com- uh, committee was in no way, you know, there was no cause for what she said uh, in how she felt. Absolutely not. And that she took a shot at uh, the president's son, Barron. You know, I guess you heard about that, you know, about even if your child is named as Barron, you're not, you know, king or whatever. And uh, Congressman Gatz jumped on her about that, and I liked what he had to say to her. Here's cut six. Now, let me also suggest that when you invoke the president's son's name here, when you try to make a little joke out of referencing Baron Trump, that does not lend credibility to your argument. It makes you look mean. It makes you look like you're attacking someone's family, the minor child of the president of the United States. So let's see if we can get into the facts. To all of the witnesses... If you have personal knowledge of a single material fact in the shift report, please raise your hand. No hands. And let the record reflect. No personal knowledge of a single fact. And you know what? That continues on the tradition that we saw from Adam Schiff, where Ambassador Taylor could not identify an impeachable offense. Mr. Kent never met with the president. Fiona Hill never heard the president reference anything regarding military aid. Mr. Hale was unaware of any nefarious activity with aid. Colonel Vinman even rejected the new Democrat talking point that bribery was invoked here. Ambassador Volker denied that there was a quid pro quo, and Mr. Morrison said there was nothing wrong on the call. The only direct evidence came from Gordon Sondland, who spoke to the President of the United States, and the President said, I want nothing. No quid pro quo. There you go. And he's exactly right. He just laid it all out to you. I, and uh, bottom line, everybody's saying all this, this information that we've got from all of these people, his ironclad knowledge, it's absolutely not. And to try to play off for uh, the American people that these 
quote scholars that they had sitting in front of uh, of the um, the judiciary was uh, in some way uh, you know independently minded. All you had to do is listen to what uh, Carlin said to understand that wasn't the case. Unbelievable. And I'm with what Jr. said that independents, which are the people that uh, the Democrats better hope that they can move, because if they can't move them, they got real problems coming up in November of next year. Because they still got they still got a long way in this primary to go to, and uh, a lot of bloodshed that will happen on that stage uh, before. Uh, they say who they want to be the, uh, you know, the flag bearer. So it's going to be interesting to see how all of this plays out because Jake Tapper was was exactly right yesterday. He was on television and he made this statement. We got that right. Let's play him. Republicans are more unified now against impeachment, I think, more so than I've ever seen them during throughout the entire Trump era, uh, including, uh, you know, from the moment President Trump or candidate Trump came down that escalator till now. I've never seen them this unified. There you go. And I agree with that. The uh, Republicans are very, very, very unified. On top of that, their war chests are flush with cash. And that's going to help them in the election. And the president gets reelected, which I think will happen. It will be amazing what I believe will happen down the ticket. Just boom, 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 right down the ticket. So um, I know a lot of people think that I'm nuts. A lot of people thought I was nuts four years ago when I said that Trump was going to become the next president. And uh, I sat here that evening uh, doing our show like we've done uh, since 2000, talking about the election as it's going on and uh, discussing it and watching the returns come in. And I'll never forget some of the folks that were in the studio with me who came into the studio and thought that President Trump, then candidate Trump, didn't have a chance. We're hooting and hollering and jumping up and down by the end of the evening. I believe it's all over. Fat Lady hasn't sung yet. But she's over in the cloakroom warming up, just telling you. It's a series of missteps. Hey, look, I remember in 2016 thinking that, uh, you know, Trump wasn't going to win. I think that was probably a lot of people's thoughts. People like Dave Ellswick uh, saw otherwise. But um, I just think, look, I think they've underestimated Trump. They did it in the primary. They did it in 2016. And they're underestimating They've done it through his whole presidency thus far. But they're doing it again in 2020, and I'm, I'm telling you right now that, you know, to say that we're going to go about this uh, impeachment any differently than the Clinton impeachment, I mean, it's just it doesn't play well. It just doesn't do well for the party that's doing the impeaching. And I think regardless of, you know, their uh, perspective of his popularity – I think his base, more than anything else, is one of the most just uh, excited bases uh, and and really believe in this president and what he's doing. And all you're doing is inciting that. And and you're talking about voter turnout. I'm just telling you, they're they're they are 
biting off more than they can chew, but they don't see it right now. It's that Beltway attitude, too. I think they hear it every single day from yep. every person that they're close with that this is the right thing to do. You must do this. You must do that. The last line in, in Pelosi's speech about uh, protecting our country from enemies, both foreign, foreign and, and domestic. domestic. So yeah. calling a president of the United States, regardless of how much you dislike him, an enemy of the of the United States, and that's exactly what she was uh, implying there. That's exactly right. Is is gross. It's disgusting. You know, look, I, there was a lot of things said about Barack Obama. There's been a lot of things said about President Trump. But a sitting United States president, to call them the enemy of the United States is, I mean, if that's not political, I don't know what is. No, it's a, it's a whole political process. By the way, don't forget on Monday, Robert Steinbach and I will be on uh, together starting between 3.30, o'clock. And we're going to talk about Federalist Paper 65, the one written by Alexander Hamilton that specifically talks about impeachment. And we are absolutely seeing right now what he warned us about 200-odd years ago. It's pretty amazing. Hmm. That'll be interesting. It is. It's pretty amazing. Well, what do you expect? That's the kind of stuff you get on this show. That's right. All right? I mean, we try to give you a little bit more than just uh, opinions. Anyway, when we come back, Kellyanne Conway was on fire yesterday. I mean, on fire when after Carlin, after what she said about Barron Trump. We're going to play that for you when we come back. J.R. Davis is my special guest. He'll be with me for uh, the rest of this hour here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Okay, back with you. I was telling you that uh, Kelly, uh, Kellyanne Conway went nuts yesterday. I want to play some uh, audio for you real quickly. This was her responding uh, about Carlin uh, on the air. I have one more thing to say I want to get out today. If you, ladies and gentlemen, if you went to work today to manicure nails, to manicure lawn, if you went to work with a jackhammer or a welding machine or mechanics tools or a carpentry belt and not three degrees from Yale, that woman yesterday looks her nose down at you. She thinks that you are less than her, and I've had it. Do you know why that man ran for president in the first place, for the forgotten man, forgotten woman? You know why I'm still here at the White House? For you. For people who are looked down upon by people with three Yale law degrees have the audacity, audacity to say that liberals like to cluster together and live together well conservatives can't even stand to be together that's why they're scattered well, who the hell are you lady that was pamela look Carlin. down at half of the country that's a good point that was pamela she Carlin. was the witness she's the star witness she didn't educate us she spends her life lecturing people she hobnobs with the elite with the next generation of law of lawyers right, i took you? out six figures worth of worth of student loans to put myself through law school and 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 and, and college with my single mother working her tail off to supplement that i I resent someone like that looking down at half of America. She sounds like Hillary Clinton with deplorables and irredeemables. And we're sick of it. And people are watching. You want to get the president? You want to look down on him? You look down on the people. Tired of it. Whoa. Yeah. (laughs) I said that yesterday. I didn't say it on the air. But uh, Robert Steinbach came in. I said, that Carlin lady, she looks down her nose at people. She, She speaks down to people she thinks everybody else is less than her and man i couldn't have said that any better that was right on yeah it's i mean she kind of hit the nail on the head there and it's that's the issue with people when you feel it we talk about the forgotten man and the forgotten Mm -hmm. woman there is this idea that the democrats especially liberals 
have a tendency. They don't until they fix this problem. It's going to be very very difficult for truly, I believe, to win a general election again because it's this idea that you speak at people versus speaking with people, and they can't do it. They just don't know how to do it, and they do have this just unbelievable sort of almost just hatred for anyone that's not like them, uh, which is very ironic considering, you know, what Democrats preach all the time. Right. It's it's uh, it, I'm, That's another great point, and Kellyanne used her platform and her opportunity to she get that campaign it, message out. That was and good. that's exactly what it is. And I guarantee you, every person watching that right there that supports Trump or or maybe doesn't necessarily support Trump but doesn't mind Trump speaks directly to that individual. And if it doesn't necessarily make them support the president more, it makes them hate the liberals more. Oh, yeah. And so that's – I mean, so she – look, she knows what she's doing. She knows who she's speaking to. And uh, uh, she she made the best out of that yesterday with her opportunities. So she lit it up, man. I, yeah. I saw that we had that. Because I had heard about it and and uh, uh, got to hear it, and I said, "Oh, we got it in our our stuff today." Because I get sent all kinds of, yeah. of sound, and I and that's one thing I really love about Salem is that they make it a uh, a point to do that. I had pled with uh, Citadel and Cumulus both to do the same thing mm-hmm. before, and none of them would do it. That's kind of silly to me. Yeah. You know, well, you, you got the ability to. That's a know, great. It's a great soundbite. Yeah, it and, is. It's and fantastic. I think the other thing too is that it's it's where the Republicans the, the Republicans are much better at messaging than the Democrats are. Yeah, first now and foremost. that's now, pretty cool. Right, yeah. The other thing is too, Democrats fail. This is where Trump was successful in 2016, and, and Kellyanne. I mean, look, kudos because when you get into office, sometimes you forget that message that got you there in the first yep. place. And she hasn't, and I think that that's what she, you know, reiterated and underscored yesterday uh, on on uh, was that Fox? Yeah, yeah. So the opportunity to to remind people why they chose President Trump in the first place. People wake up every single day in this country. The vast majority. That's why you make so much of the one percent and that sort of thing. The vast majority of Americans wake up every single day and worry about getting their kids to school making their, sure their kids do well in school and they're yeah. not going to get into any fight or get picked on. They're worried about getting to work on time, paying their bills, putting food on the table, and everything else is the cherry on top, right? That's sure. what people worry about on a daily basis. And until Democrats can understand that and work that into some of their messaging, they're going to continue to fail. That's what the majority of Americans care about. Do they have a job? Are their kids being educated? Are the, are the streets they live on safe? Can they afford the food to put on their table? Those are the things that people care about. And it just seems like time and time again, every opportunity Democrats have, they miss the boat every time. And I think Because bringing, they think they're better than everybody. Absolutely. Absolutely. They think they're better than everybody. And whoever sat there and said, hey, we're going to bring on three constitutional scholars <laughs> that are going to tell us everything to we already us. know. To lecture us on why we absolutely – or actually, you know, it's almost like giving us the go-ahead, right? It's mm-hmm. almost like they're going to let us know that it's totally okay for us to, yeah. to, to impeach the president. We just need them to tell us it's fine. We're yeah. going to do it anyway. That's exactly what it was. And when you bring someone like Carlin in that just literally looks like a liberal elite that looks down on everybody that does uh, the, the you know, yeoman's work right here in the United States of America, which is a vast majority, uh, it's sickening. It's disgusting. And it was a – man, it was such a terrible move. And I guarantee you the series – and again, bringing those, some of these hearings into the public, 
fine, whatever. But to make your last sort of stand with these constitutional scholars, it just screams elitist. Uh, and it just makes people, you know, it just underscores the fact that this is all for political. It was always going to happen. And they just were looking for some sort of green light to move ahead. And then when the only thing worse for Carlin it, that she could have done is gotten her three law degrees from Harvard instead of Yale. All right. I'm just saying if it had been yeah. Harvard, it had been even worse. But I thought what, what Kellyanne did was so good is that she tied her to Hillary. She says, she's telling you, we're the deplorables yeah. again. Exactly. No, she hit it right on the head. She remembers the message, and she continued that message. And uh, who was it? I was catching the end of it. Who was making the case for the Republicans at the end? Turley. It, no, no, no. No, no. no. Uh, oh. uh, who was the congressman who was speaking? You had you played a clip. It was talking about, uh, I just missed who it was, the introduction, but they were uh, refuting. No, Gates. Gats, yeah. Yeah. Gats. Okay. Well, what he said was absolutely perfect. That's what Republicans. Oh, he was done. Uh, it just makes you look mean. Well, it's just what Republicans. <laughs> it's what Republicans have done a good job throughout this process, and that's saying, "Show me the evidence. Where's mm-hmm. the credible evidence? Give me something. Where the hard? Where's the hard evidence?" And when he asked them to raise their okay, hand, okay, let me did. play that for people. Unbelievable. Again. Listen to the end of this this piece from Gats. Now, let me also suggest that when you invoke the president's son's name here, when you try to make a little joke out of referencing Baron Trump, that does not lend credibility to your argument. It makes you look mean. It makes you look like you're attacking someone's family, the minor child of the president of the United States. So let's see if we can get into the facts. To all of the witnesses, if you have personal knowledge of a single material fact in the Schiff report, please raise your hand. And let the record reflect. No personal knowledge of a single fact. And you know what? That continues on the tradition that we saw from Adam Schiff, where Ambassador Taylor could not identify an impeachable offense. Mr. Kent never met with the president. Fiona Hill never heard the president reference anything regarding military aid. Mr. Hale was unaware of any nefarious activity with aid. Colonel Vinman even rejected the new Democrat talking point that bribery was invoked here. Ambassador Volker denied that there was a quid pro quo, and Mr. Morrison said there was nothing wrong on the call. The only direct evidence came from Gordon Sondland, who spoke to the President of the United States, and the President said, I want nothing. No quid pro quo. Period. And he's exactly right. There is, there is no evidence, and they should have called off the impeachment. But they are bound and determined to, to do this. And on the messaging front, that's the clip. That every news station, every national news station, regardless if it's Fox or MSNBC, they've got to find a counterpoint. That's the one they're going to play. That was clear. It was succinct. And it hit on every single point the Democrats have made. Yeah. He, he discredited every single one of their witnesses and pointed out the fact that there is no material fact that has been brought from the Schiff report, period. And that's what people are going to hear. And that's why Republicans have done, I believe, a phenomenal job throughout this process. Agree, disagree, whatever you want to say. They are the ones that are winning this message because you have hours of these hearings, no. and you hit back and just continue to reiterate the point that there's no material fact. No, None of these witnesses can raise their hand and say that there is, mm-hmm. period. And that's right. what's going to run all over the nation, and, and I just think that's where the Republicans have done an outstanding job in getting their points across. Well, i got to let you go. But with that all said, right. how are things going? They're good. They're good. Just plugging along. I'm uh, with Gilmore Strategy Group now, and so we're just we're we're in the middle of well, I say middle. We're we're about to kick off all those elections for the primary, and we're going to be busy. It's going to be fun. All right, we'll get you on again here in the next couple of I'd weeks. I love it. And let's talk local politics then. I love it. We'll be able to do that. All right, 
Let's get a break. We've got news coming up. J.R. Davis, our guest here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Oh my God, this is crazy. Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden blasted a man at an Iowa town hall as a, quote, damn liar and challenged him to a push-up contest. (laughs) This is too good. Oh my goodness. After he accused the 77-year-old former vice president of being too old and took a swipe at son Hunter's role on the board of a controversial Ukrainian natural gas firm. During the heated question and answer session at the forum in New Hampton, the questioner in the audience described those two issues as his chief concerns with the presidential candidate. I'm not a Republican, the man began. I've got two problems with you. One is you're damn near as old as I am. You're too old. I'm 83, and I know damn well I don't have the mental uh, faculties I did. He went on uh, to the topic of Ukraine, specifically the lucrative job uh, Biden's son Hunter held with natural gas firm Burisma Holdings during the Obama administration. Impeachment proceedings in Washington are focusing on Trump's effort to pressure uh, Kiev to look into the elder Biden's role, removing a prosecutor who had been looking into that firm. But on the other hand, now this is going back to quote this guy, but on the other hand, you sent your son over there to get a job and work for a gas company where he had no experience in order to get access for the president. You're selling access to the president just like he was, the questioner said. Biden fired back. You're a damn liar, man. You always got to put man at everything. You ever notice that? What's with you, man? Kind of thing. Anyway, that's <laughs> not true, and no one has ever said that. Someone appeared to attempt to take the microphone away from the man in the audience, but Biden stopped them saying, let him go. Look, the reason I'm running is because I've been around a long time and I know more than most people and I can get things done, Biden said. And you want to check my shape? He didn't say that. 
Did he say anything about he was out of shape? He didn't say that. He, he said mental acuity. All right. Let's do push-ups together, man. Let's run. Let's do whatever you want to do. And number two, no one has said my son has done anything wrong, and I did not on any occasion, he continued, only to be cut off by the man in the audience who shouted that he never said Biden was doing anything wrong. You said I set my son up to work at an oil company, Biden replied. Isn't that what you said? Get your words straight. The man in the audience replied, I heard it on MSNBC. You don't hear that on MSNBC. I'm sorry to tell you this, Joe. Yeah, you do. You do hear that on MSNBC. Uh, You did not hear that at all. I'm not going to get into an argument here. The man shrugged and said, you don't have any more backbone than Trump does. A comment greeted with booze from the rest of the room. I'm not voting for you, the man said, returning the microphone. Well, I knew you weren't voting for me, man, Biden said. You think I thought you'd stand up and vote for me? You're too old to vote for me. The Trump uh, impeachment inquiry began when a whistleblower reported that the president had pushed Ukrainian President Zelensky during a July 25th phone call to investigate the Biden family's dealings in Ukraine. Specifically, why Biden pressured pressured former Ukrainian president uh, to fire a top prosecutor who was investigating Burisma Holdings, where Hunter was on the board. The president's request came after millions in U.S. military aid to Ukraine had been frozen, something Democrats have cited as evidence of a quid pro quo arrangement and evidence of an abuse of the office of the presidency. Trump denies any quid pro quo. As the House Judiciary Committee begins drafting articles of impeachment at the direction now of the uh, Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, the president and his allies in the Senate have raised the possibility of bringing both the former vice president and his son as witnesses in a Senate impeachment trial. House Republicans attempted to call Hunter as a witness in the House Intelligence Committee's public hearing uh, of the impeachment inquiry, but were unsuccessful as Democrats held the final word over who could appear to testify. Meanwhile, Biden, who will be 78 upon becoming president if he wins, has repeatedly defended his fitness on the campaign trail, noting that with age comes wisdom. That, I think, can be argued over. Just because you are a certain age does not necessarily mean that you are wise. Just saying. Just saying. But I thought that was pretty interesting. They got into it. Now, Twitter has also been, like, very, very uh, on fire today, saying that, uh, talking about this back and forth that went on with this guy in Iowa, uh Biden lashed out at a man challenging him to an IQ test. This is another guy and calling him a liar, too. But many observers think the former vice president may have also mocked one of the men's weight. At one point during the heated uh, confrontation that occurred and Joe Biden appeared to begin calling the man fat before catching himself. 
when Biden said the word in question, a group of school children off ca- camera gasped, thinking the former VP did indeed call the man fat. Look, fat, look, here's the deal. That's what he said. Biden appears to have said near the end of the exchange, prompting the voter to tell Biden uh, that, and this was the same guy that we were talking about, that he lacks backbone. So there you go. Uh, interesting as far as that goes. Uh, Trump now has threatened to have Schiff, Biden, both Hunter and Joe, and Pelosi testify in the Senate trial as he dares the House to impeach him. Uh, there is word out on the uh, out on the uh, grapevine, so to speak, that uh, a lot of people believe that uh, Pelosi has been dragged down by the left so much during this that she's literally just thrown up her hands and said, let them do what they're going to do. And they also know, or she knows, and the Democrats should know as well, we'll see how well they play along with the Republicans in the Senate if they do have to do a trial and they start subpoenaing, uh, putting out subpoenas uh, for uh, Pelosi and and the Biden stuff. I mean, Joe Biden said he will not come willingly to testify. He will not come willingly. It sounds a whole lot like Boulder, huh, that everybody wanted to give him hell because he wouldn't go willingly and said that uh, he wasn't going to go and testify uh, and, and be brought in to try to be used to testify against the president. And, uh, well, what time we got here? We got some, uh, it's 3.15. Let's get a break in. I'll try not to be late on my breaks here in this hour. Let's take a break. When we come back, let's uh, talk about what's going on uh, with impeachment. Where is it going? And on and on and on. All that way is coming to you here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. Some interesting things discussed on the Brian Kilmeade Show today with uh, Ken Starr, who, of course, led the effort uh, trying to oust uh, President Clinton, he he did a lot of the investigation. He in the independent uh, counsel at that time said that uh, he's shocked about what Nancy Pelosi is doing. Let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, he says that congressional Democrats have passed or pushed too far, hard on President Trump's impeachment hearings, and it may force Republican senators just dismiss the case altogether. A uh, star appeared on Brian Kilmeade today. He was discussing the inquiry and said he was shocked by House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's abuse of power. Now, why would he say that? Well, let's understand that the way something like this typically runs, if you look at Clinton, if you look at uh, Nixon, uh, what you had is you would have the Judiciary Committee they would debate amongst themselves in an open forum, debate amongst themselves if they should even draft articles of impeachment, number one. And then two, they would uh, draft those articles of impeachment uh, where people could see them doing the work. 
said the star, it's an outrage to seize control of the deliberative process of a committee. It simply compounds a series of very, very terrible abuses, he said. The House Judiciary Committee, with its incredibly rich history, needs to go into an open session and debate this. Make their arguments about it. Not written statements, by the way. Apps, you know, sit in an open session, talk amongst themselves, and let the American people hear what they're thinking. That's not what's happening. Starr said, where did Pelosi get this power? I'm honestly surprised. Then again, why shouldn't I be surprised? Because back early in the fall... She uh, unilaterally, with no debate in the People's House, says we now have an impeachment inquiry. Now she's dictating the committee to actually draft articles of impeachment. It's not for the it's not for the Speaker of the House to do that. They're not supposed to tell the Judiciary Committee and the chairman of that committee, which would be Nadler in this case, to do that. That's not within her purview of powers. But that's exactly what she's doing. And Starr says that is an abuse of power. And it says uh, she announced today, as we played earlier, and I'll, I'll play it again here in the next half hour, uh, where she was calling upon uh, the judiciary to put together articles of impeachment against the president. Because she says his conduct, quote, leaves us no choice but to act. Today I'm asking our chairman to proceed with articles of impeachment. The president's actions have seriously violated the Constitution. Starr said this impeachment effort is unique because it lacks bipartisan support and predicted the Senate GOP may dismiss the case entirely rather than move to a trial. He noted that 31 Democrats supported Bill Clinton's impeachment inquiry, and in the case of Richard Nixon, he was facing a united House of Representatives before he resigned. Quote, just the opposite of what we're experiencing now, a strict party-line vote, said Starr, adding that Pelosi is acting to achieve her desired political outcome. Quote, I think this may lead to a Senate motion to dismiss, which I don't favor. If the House of Representatives says we're going to impeach, then the Senate should hold the trial. But I think this may be the straw that breaks the camel's back, and that Republicans in the Senate will rise up in righteous indignation and say, this is absolutely unacceptable. Unacceptable. Completely cannot accept this in any way, shape, or form. And if you don't think the Republicans are united about uh, a lot of this, listen to what Jake Tapper had to say about that. Republicans are more unified now against impeachment I think more so than I've ever seen them during throughout the entire Trump era, uh, including uh, you know from the moment President Trump or candidate Trump came down that escalator till now. I've never seen them this unified. Enough said. All right. 
quote a guy that I had a lot of respect for in the comic business. Enough said. I talked a little bit about this at the end of my show yesterday. I want to go a little bit deeper into it today because people are talking about it. Hillary was on uh, Howard Stern's show yesterday. Clinton sat down with the uh, shock jock for the first time ever, fueling speculation that she could launch another White House bid while making headlines on everything from her sexual preferences to how she felt during President Trump's inauguration. The failed 2016 Democratic presidential nominee told Stern that watching her political nemesis get sworn in was painful, but she felt an obligation to attend as a former first lady. Quote, I went to the inauguration of Donald Trump, which was one of the hardest days of my life. Obviously, I was crushed. I was disappointed and I was really surprised because I couldn't figure out exactly what had happened. He got more electoral votes than you. It's pretty easy to figure it out. The interview was a coup of sorts for Stern, who had written in his most recent book, Howard Stern Comes Again, earlier this year, that he regretted not being able to book Clinton as a guest in the past. Stern told Clinton that she would have been a spectacular president. While Clinton, 72, has downplayed chances of a 2020 run, she has not ruled it out in recent interviews. New York Post columnist Maureen Callahan argued that Clinton's appearance on Stern's show was the, quote, strongest indicator yet that the former first lady is pondering a 2020 rematch. Stern publicly begged Hillary to appear during the 2016 campaign after Donald Trump won Stern said one guest shot uh, could have moved the needle her way. One can only ask, why now, if she has no plans to run yet again? That's Callahan. The Drudge Report even included Clinton in a poll asking who readers feel will be the 2020 nominee uh, today. And uh, following her appearance on Stern, Clinton said Trump was surprised that he pulled off the upset on Election Day back in 2016 and could barely talk when she called him to concede. He was more shocked than me, I think, she said. Political satirist and columnist Tim Young, who recently dared Clinton to run again, thinks that she is bored and loves the attention, but knows she would lose a rematch despite the high-profile media appearance. If not, she would have already declared that she's running, he said. I would say never say never on her, but Hillary has to know after her live tour failed. Remember that live tour her and Bill were doing? And they couldn't sell tickets to it? If nobody's coming out to see you, nobody wants to hear what you have to say anymore. Uh, that, That no amount of media, media attention, including being on the Howard Stern show, can help her win an election. Much of the interview focused on the 2016 election, and at one point Stern said he wished she would have embarrassed Trump when sharing debate stages by asking him to point out specific countries on a map. I had this fantasy, Stern said, as Clinton cackled before declaring that she won the debates. It's no, it no longer matters as much, she said, of debate victories. Of course not. You lost the elections. 
That's what bothers me. Stern told Clinton she was too nice while she said she had to show restraint because she is a woman. I'll give you the rest of this when we come back. Uh, I want to also rinse my mouth out because I kind of threw up a little bit in my mouth reading some of this about her. All right, look, and I'm really dis- disappointed that Stern would be saying the things that he's saying about Clinton. All right, let's take a break. We'll get it done. Uh, coming up in the next hour, don't forget Eric Coleman's coming. He'll teach you how to save money on jewelry. All right, another thing that came up, something that comes up a lot dealing with Hillary, and that is, is she a lesbian? And she talked to Stern about that on his show, and he asked her if she had ever engaged in a, quote, lesbian affair. Never, 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 Clinton answered. Never even been tempted. Thank you very much. Contrary to what you might hear, I actually like men. Clinton spoke with Stern as part of the promotion of her book. What a big surprise. Gutsy Women. It was co-written with her daughter, Chelsea. But Callahan, the columnist we talked about earlier, uh, thinks she has an ulterior motive. The New York Post columnist noted that Clinton told Stern she'll support whichever Democrat can beat Trump in 2020, adding it sounds like she thinks that's her. She also talked about uh, the election in 2016, talking about Senator Bernie Sanders of Vermont, saying that he contributed to her general election loss by not endorsing her quickly enough once she emerged as the Democratic nominee. She's got all kinds of excuses, man. Quote, he hurt me. There is no doubt about it, Clinton said. And I hope he doesn't do it again to whoever gets the nomination. Once is enough. Now, Clinton did say she was in love with another man before she met Bill. And then she met Bill, and Bill was able to connive a janitor into letting them into the art museum uh, at the university, evidently, to see a exhibit that Hillary was really excited about seeing. And so she got to see it before everybody else, and they supposedly talked for uh, hours that evening, at uh, which Stern said, man, yeah, got to tell you, that Bill Clinton, he's a real worker. That's what he what he had to say. So anyway, uh, she was on the Howard Stern show doing her thing. Uh, I, I just know it's it's amazing to me that there's that many people that are interested in what that woman has to say. Still, I'm not not at all not not interested. I can't believe she said that to say about Bernie Sanders because, I mean, after what they did to him. Yeah. After well, yeah. what they I did mean, to him. What she is he supposed fixed to do? the race with the uh, the higher-ups in the Democratic Party. Yeah. That's what she did. What and, was it? The, the super delegates and all that other crap right. that was going on. And you expect him to basically just, you know, cower down and just let, let her just be free of all that. That's crazy. She can't. She man. She cannot give up the limelight. She's got to be out, out in front. I mean, it was kind of a bane, I think, for President Clinton. I mean, the whole thing about health care. 
you know, that she took over uh, the the whole battle for that. And she, you know, she's the one who brought up single payer right off the bat and wanted it to happen. So I'm I'm just kind of interested that, you know, to see what, you know, how it plays out for her. Because it's like that one guy said, she's bored. You know, they're not all running to her and want her to speak and things of that nature. Yeah, she still gives speeches. Don't get me wrong. And she's paid top dollar for those speeches as yeah. well. However, it's not the same as when you're Secretary of State, First Lady of the USA, or Senator Clinton. It's just not. Or even candidate Clinton. Yeah. It's not, it's not the same. And I think that she pines for uh, the limelight. You know, there's people in politics, in the business, we've got kind of names for them with being camera hogs and things like, like that. There's certain politicians you talk about and say, and you'll say about them, the most dangerous place that you can be is between them and a camera. I mean, I've known a lot of politicians like that. You know, that want to be on TV, that uh, that's their biggest goal. And uh, they're always, always running to be on uh, on the television. So, and, and nothing wrong with that if you have something important to say. If you're just wanting to have FaceTime, that's a, a different story. I really... You know, there's some people I wish that they would say more, to be honest with you. Didn't Richard Nixon, didn't he kind of shy away from television his first go around? Who, Nixon? Yeah, Nixon. Well, yeah, well, he lost the first, you know, he, he did the first televised debate. Right. With John F. Kennedy. And Kennedy's people understood TV. Nixon people did not. And you could tell by his face. Well, he didn't, they didn't do his makeup right. He didn't shave before he went on uh, to do the debate, and he had he had a very pronounced five o'clock shadow. Didn't look good, and it's funny because if you go back and do a little studying on that uh, that particular subject, the, the first debate uh, in '60 uh, televised debate, the people who watched that debate said JFK won the debate. The people who listened to it on radio said Nixon won the debate. That's very interesting. Well, it just shows you how politics changed mm-hmm. at that moment. Uh, what your perception right. on TV is different than radio. Look, radio... If you get into Marshall McLuhan and talk about, uh, you know, radio and TV, he would have said that radio is a hot medium, which means you have to pay attention to it to get anything out of it. I mean, when you listen to the radio, you got to listen to be able to hear what it is that's coming to you. Television is not that way. Television is you can be, that's considered a cool medium. Right. In other words, you can watch TV and you don't have to be an active participant yeah. in it. You mm-hmm. do in radio, you don't in television. And that's really important. 
that you understand that. And secondly, it showed that people have a propensity to judge people not only if they're handsome or beautiful, but even or just how smart they are. Yeah. Through how they look. That's right. They judge the book by its cover. Mm -hmm. And uh, when they had the first televised debate, it changed everything. And you can look at the debates now. They're not anything like, uh, and I'm talking presidential debates now, not the primary debates, but presidential debates, when you get the two candidates up there and they're talking to each other. And they're really, they were really held to answering the questions that they were asked early on. Now, you know, I think that their handlers look at them and say, hey, if they ask this, don't answer it. Pivot to something else right. that you're strong on and answer that in se- mm-hmm. instead. So that, that's what you're, what you're seeing now. I mean, look, I typically I don't even watch the debates. I don't watch the... The uh, primary debates, I don't really care that much about the presidential uh, debates as well because I think a lot of what goes on is... Uh, Theatrics? Show business. Show yeah, business. Of course, it's show business. And, and and the only way you really blow it is through those perceptional yep. things. I don't think people listen really closely... Hillary made a couple of tactical mistakes, you know, when she went on dealing with uh, abortion and saying abortion up to the point of birth. Now, that was a tactical, tactical blunder. But the other thing is the whole thing of of um, how do you allow your face to react and your body language to react as the debate goes on you can tell when people get irritated you can tell when somebody has said something that makes a real impact on your you know the person who's running against you by the way they react you know facially or yeah or you know crossing their arms in front of their their body you won't see that typically on stage they always have their hands down by the lectern, for instance, or they have their hands in front of them while yeah. they're talking. Yeah, I just like to go back sometimes and watch that 2016 debates between Hillary and Trump, and you just can, you can see the confidence that Trump had, and you can see Hillary, like I said, on her facial, on her face, or by her body language. You could just tell that what he was saying and how he was, you know, evoking his uh, message, it was really getting to her. Oh, yeah, I mean, she just could not really, duh. she could not pivot. Like yeah. brand, she could not pivot to a different subject, nor could she respond to what he was saying most of the time. And then she teed herself up for him. Yeah. Said, here, drive me right down the down the fairway. Truly. You know, please. I mean, it was just times where, like, man, he just, he had her. Yeah. It was not, it was no, like I said, just watching on TV. He got under her skin, yes. so to speak. Yeah, so you can mute the television and you can tell that. Now, go back and read any of the uh, books, Making of the President, uh, by Theodore White. Okay. Uh, he's dead now. But those were some. Those are great, great books to read. Help you understand presidential politics really, really well by reading those books. All right, 
Take a break. We'll come back. We've got more coming your way. Eric Coleman joining us at 4 o'clock. And of course, uh, he'll tell you how to save money on jewelry and how, why you should go over and see him to get your wife or your husband something special for their Christmas stocking. All right, so what's the president saying to the Democrats now that Nancy Pelosi has told the judiciary, which she shouldn't have done, to draft up articles of impeachment? That's not for her to do. That's for Nadler to do, not for her. And she's now, you know, saying, I'm the, you know, the grand potentate, so I'm telling you to do it and get it done and get it done now. President Trump returned from his trip to NATO uh, amidst his ongoing impeachment inquiry. This is from uh, Mediate. And by the way, they're not a conservative-leaning group. Uh, This morning, in a set of tweets, Trump first dismissed yesterday's hearings with legal scholars as a historically bad day for the do-nothing Democrats before declaring that they have no impeachment case And I agree with that. He then challenged House Democrats to start proceedings now. Quote, therefore, I say, if you're going to impeach me, do it now fast so we can have a fair trial in the Senate and so that our country can get back to business. That's what he tweeted out. The do-nothing Democrats had a historically bad day yesterday in the House. They have no impeachment case and are demeaning our country But nothing matters to them. They have gone crazy. Therefore, I say, if you are going to impeach me, do it now fast so we can have a fair trial in the Senate and so that our country can get back to business. We will have Schiff, the Bidens, Pelosi, and many more testify and will reveal for the first time how corrupt our system really is. (coughs) I was elected to clean the swamp, and that's what I'm doing. There are no uh, there are political benefits for Trump to have a Senate trial quickly. First, the trial will allow Trump to bring individuals into the proceedings that will allow his defense and also score some political points, namely on Hunter Biden. Secondly, impeachment proceedings that drag through the first half of 2020 will likely keep alleged White House malfeasance in the news cycle while Trump is aiming for reelection. I, I'm kind of like, though, what Ken Starr said uh, earlier in the hour. We were talking about the former prosecutor uh, talking about how the Republicans may have just gotten fed up with all of this and they'll draft the articles of impeachment, deliver them, and, you know, they're going to just drop them in, uh, you know, file 13, better known as the trash can, and just said there's no merit here. Here, let me give you a reason why they may feel that way. Uh is it, it's, is it Gats? Is that how he pronounces his name? Awesome Gats. Gats, okay. He took off after Professor Carlin yesterday after she went after Barron. But I want you to listen to the last things that he says because he makes some very, uh, very important points. Now, let me also suggest that when you invoke the president's son's name here, when you try to make a little joke out of referencing Baron Trump, that does not lend credibility to your argument. It makes you look mean. It makes you look like you're attacking someone's family, the minor child of the president of the United States. So let's see if we can get into the facts. To all of the witnesses, if you have personal knowledge of a single material fact in the Schiff report, please raise your hand. 
and let the record reflect no personal knowledge of a single fact. And you know what? That continues on the tradition that we saw from Adam Schiff, where Ambassador Taylor could not identify an impeachable offense. Mr. Kent never met with the president. Fiona Hill never heard the president reference anything regarding military aid. Mr. Hale was unaware of any nefarious activity with aid. Colonel Vindman even rejected the new Democrat talking point that bribery was invoked here. Ambassador Volker denied that there was a quid pro quo, and Mr. Morrison said there was nothing wrong on the call. The only direct evidence came from Gordon Sondland, who spoke to the President of the United States, and the President said, I want nothing. No quid pro quo. Enough said. As I say. Enough said. Uh, there, There's nothing, no, there's no provable evidence at all on the, this whole impeachment thing. You know, and damn Napolitano what he says as well. The president doesn't have to show up, nor does he have to uh, answer the subpoenas of the uh, the Congress if he feels like that it it uh, is going to have any problem or or, or shouldn't cause him any problem as far as uh, carrying out the presidency. He doesn't have to do that. Sit down, shut up. You know. So, but. Got to understand, Napolitano is a libertarian at heart. So he wants to see the presidency, the power of the presidency, reduced and more power to the Congress. He sees that as the really the balance that goes there. And I think that that's why the judge has been so outspoken about uh, impeachment. So interesting. It's going to go on for a while. The articles of impeachment next week probably. I don't know how long it would be before they'll vote on it. Uh, but after they vote, if they they say, yeah, we're going to impeach them and they pass it, then it goes over to the Senate. And uh, what has been smooth sailing for the Democrats right now will suddenly become rough waters. I'll just tell you that as far as, as that's uh, concerned. I saw something on history. I, I like to watch the History Channel. I like uh, Vikings and, and things. It started last night, and I happened to be watching it. Uh, Eric, did you watch any of it? Last night? Yeah, yeah, it started. The, the, the final season started. And uh, oh, it's a great show. I love the show. Yeah, anyway, they came up, and they're going to do a three-night event on George Washington. And it looks really good. They got uh, one of the historians that's doing it saying, uh, when you look at the United States, our country only exists because, and here's what what he said, and this is quote, I don't have to even think about it, our Constitution and George Washington. Yeah, I got, you go into my office on my wall, right next to my desk, there's a, uh, a beautiful picture of uh, of George Washington. When I was a kid, George Washington was in every schoolroom in America, a picture of him. And let me just say, he was the real deal. And that man uh, made this country uh, survive. And I, I learned something yesterday. I was reading the first, I think, five presidents of the United States we're all founding fathers. Did you know that? Yeah, you had, of course, you had Washington, you had Adams, you had uh, Madison, you had Monroe, and you had Jefferson. All of them. 
After that, no more. Pretty, pretty interesting. Most of them served two terms because they knew what they were talking about. All right. With that said, let's take a break. News is coming up. Then Eric Coleman joins us, and uh, Hillcrest Designer Jewelry is going to be on the air. We got I got a lot of questions for him when we return here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Move into the four o'clock hour. Some of you are going home, you lucky, lucky dogs. Congratulations, you made it through your Thursday. You only got one more day to go, and then you got a weekend in front of you. And football on Saturday, you're not going to want to miss it. A lot of championship games. We got the Big 12 championship, you got the, the Big 10 championship, that's Ohio State and Wisconsin, you got the SEC championship, that's LSU and Georgia, you got the Pac 12. That's Utah and Oregon. And there's a lot of good games that are yeah. going on. Plus, look for a sprinkling. Be looking at what's going on in basketball. By yeah. the way, Big Ten ACC, 8-6 Big Ten. But I'm going to tell you what was what was really interesting is that the big teams uh, playing the big teams were blowouts both ways. Yeah. Big Ten blowout ACC teams, ACC, uh, ACC teams blowing out Big Ten teams. Michigan and Michigan State, I don't know what the heck happened to them. Ohio State took uh, North Carolina school. Indiana took uh, Florida State to school. It's, what was it? Notre Dame lost to – who played Notre Dame? Uh, i got to think off the top of my head here. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for LSU right now. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Georgia loses. I don't know who the number four team's going to be. I, it won't be an SEC team, though. It won't be Georgia. Yeah. All right. So it's going to be interesting. And Notre Dame lost to Maryland. Maryland, that's right. Yeah, Maryland got hot in the second half. I started raining three-pointers down all over the place. They're number three in the country. Maryland's number three. Yep, 9-0. and oh. Wow. Um, okay, that should mean that Indiana should be number four because they're 8-0. 
<laughs> and they're not even in the top 25. That's such a joke. I'm yep. sorry. I'm sorry. It's going to take a while. I'm, what's, what's the coach's name now? For who? For Indiana. Used to be Dayton's coach. And oh, he, my God. You know who I'm talking about. And, and, you know, he's good. He's a good coach. Just saying. Sorry. i got to look at Eric and tell him I'm sorry. I'm talking Archie sorry. Miller. Yeah, Archie Miller. That's right. His wow, brother. What a name. They don't give name? Him, they're not giving any – no respect. Yeah. No respect. And they should have. All right. Enough on me. Uh, enough on sports, especially basketball, because I can talk a full four-hour show on – college basketball with that said let's talk about jewelry because uh, eric coleman is here who i tell you is more than a jeweler he's an artisan uh <clears throat> can we have some people call in and ask me questions well yeah eight two three oh nine six five let me say that slower people complain about it eight two three oh nine six five okay there you go just call me up if you have any questions about what's going on we have a lot of jewelry in the store uh we also have 20% off everything in the store discounted right now. We have two shows, Dave. Do you remember? One of them was the Royal Chain Show, which yeah. is Saturday. Right. Which is gold, right? All kind, I brought in all kinds of gold. Nothing but gold and bracelets, uh, chains, wow, man. earrings, all that kind of stuff. That must have been pretty I, cool, huh? Then I bought the Tesoro line, which is, I don't know how to explain that, but it's rose gold. It's mini jewelry. It's diamonds. It's, okay. It's, uh, most of it's rose gold and it's petite. It's really cool looking jewelry. It's what's real popular. It's been all over our Instagram posts. Everybody's ready for it, huh? <clears throat> I hope so. You hope so? Hope okay. So. Yeah, come on. Well, before we <clears throat> go any tell now, are these coming up or are they already? Yes. Uh, this, right. this weekend is the Royal Chain event. This is the gold. It's the seventh. All right. Which is Saturday. If you're into six. gold, you got to get over to uh, Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. And of course. I have spent a lot of money and bought a whole bunch of diamonds. Came into the store, so I have a How lot. How many more of diamonds do you need? Diamond, I got. Well, you got more diamonds. I, I finally than... realized it took me a while. I got to have what the people want, right? Well, uh, yeah, of course. So I went out and bought all kinds of hoops. And, gosh, all kinds of uh, huggies, all kinds of earrings. Huggies, kind of earrings. What's a huggy? They're the little things that go over the ear. One was there. Oh, okay. You know, you know, I have like no that. idea. I'm not a woman, so, so I don't even deal with you know, that stuff. And it's easy to shop because there's something in there for everybody. Right? Right. Yeah. Okay. So instead of just having all the custom stuff that I do, and then I do have everyday stuff that people can come in and shop for. Now, here's a key, all right, with, <clears throat> with, with Eric. If you're a guy, I'd, I'm, I'm sure that I'm like most guys. I don't want to spend a lot of time shopping. You're, you're in and out of the store in 10 or 15 minutes if you go to my store. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Let's close this deal. Yeah. <laughs> well, give me an idea, and uh, I'll show you yeah. what I've got that your wife will like. That's you. Right. That's what you we do. You do that. We help people out. You, you, I'll tell you this. Here's what you won't have. You go to one of the jewelry stores that start with a letter, okay? <laughs> and here's what they'll do. They will show you. The most expensive pieces that they have first. I'm not interested. I'm not interested. Listen to what I'm... Can you understand the words coming out of my mouth? Here's what I'm trying to explain to you. Yeah. All right? That's the most important listen thing. Listen to me. Is to listen to the customer. You know, and they don't. You know, they, they make yeah. commission. Well, I'm talking to a guy today, okay? Okay. <laughs> okay, he come in and all of a sudden he, he wants an engagement ring. 
Okay. Okay, so. That's cool. He's going to get married. Good question. for him. What is it that she likes? He didn't know. What is it that cuts stone? Does she want a diamond? Blah, blah, blah. You know, by the time I get through, and of course, there's things in the case that he can pick out and just give to her, but, I said, but I'm more interested in making sure that she's satisfied. Mm-hmm. Right? So he gets homework. I says, you go home. <laughs> <laughs> you go ahead and go home and find out about what it is that's on her telephone. Right. She's got those pictures. She's already been looking at engagement rings. You know she's got them if they're on Pinterest. Or yeah, whatever. if you guys have been getting tight, something. she's been some, paying yeah. attention. And right. Then, and if she wants rose gold, we'll get rose gold. We'll make it for you. Right. You know, so that's that's the idea. The idea is don't go into it alone. You well, know, you and, always make the point. Talk to her friends. Yeah, talk to her friends. Yeah. The friends know everything. Yeah, the mom knows everything. The mom knows a lot, too, yes. Yeah. yeah. And it's on their phone. So you better you know have a phone. good relationship with yeah. mom, I'm just saying. So, if you, you know, if you, if you come to my store, you'll see all this new jewelry that I have, I've have, and it's great, a wide selection of many different options, and, you know, something's going to work for her. And if she doesn't have the basics like a tennis bracelet or diamond stud earrings or ear, diamond earrings and all that stuff, I have all that. So you need to really come by and see me. I'm over in uh, Hillcrest, uh, over in Cavanaugh Street, 3000 Cavanaugh Boulevard. You know, it's probably usually the last minute. You know, don't wait till, quite to the last minute no, before you shop. No, especially, especially if you want something unique. Right. Like yeah, you're guess, getting to I've the got, cutoff date now for uniqueness. Yeah, right. The cutoff date is uniqueness because I have to sit out. That's right. You got to make it. So you know the cutoff date is pretty close. Yeah. Right. Right, Dave. But here, here's what you always have told me. You've always said every woman needs a great pair of just stud diamond right. studs. Diamond. That's a daily thing for a woman. Now I got a bunch of diamond studs in. Okay. You gonna come to my shop and I'm gonna show you. And she wears this every day. She even sleeps in it. Right. They don't take them out. My wife's got them. Everybody's got them. But if she doesn't, you know, think about her inventory. Think about what it is that she has in stock. You know, does she have a pair of diamond stud earrings? Does, would she like a diamond tennis bracelet? What is it that she needs? Or a diamond pendant? Okay, so what's hot right now? I, I, you know, I've got you on Facebook. I see the stuff that you post. Have you seen some of the Instagram stuff that we posted? Uh, it's called yes. the Tesoro line. The, is that the ones that do like the blue pieces that looks like uh, of jewelry? It looks like it's got a rock in it. And it's like bluish color with streaks of kind of gold in it. Oh, and I'm stuff. trying to shoot. Can't it's necklaces. Of... Oh, that would be necklaces. Yeah. Oh, they were oh, gorgeous. Okay. Man. Thought well, they were really great. I mean, I've got a lot of stuff. Okay. Well, I, I know I, that. And, and these particular pieces from the Tesoro line are uh, meant to be rings that you can slip on and wear on the front of the finger or the back of the finger. Yeah. Really? Yeah. They're different looking. It's uh, you know I'm not really very familiar with all that, but. They look cool. But you have We've done a lot of Instagram posting on that. Okay, because I, you know, I got that. you on Instagram. Do you? Yep. Okay, so here's <laughs> what I'm going to do. I'm gonna, you keep talking. Well, you know, if I'm just saying that if you're driving around and you're lost, you need to come see me. If you can't find anything, you know, don't go to the mall. Please don't go to the mall. Don't buy from a franchise operation. We're a mom-pop store. You know, we take pride in that and giving back to the community and doing things for people. So... Come in, walk into my store. You'll see what kind of shop I am. You can introduce yourself to me. And let's get to know each other because I am a good jeweler. I know a lot about making jewelry, custom design, uh, gemstones. I'm a gemologist. We do appraisals. It doesn't matter. We do everything in my store. But I think what you'll like is you'll like the intimacy that we have and project in our store because we really care about people. 
Okay, so, so I'm, I'm looking that. here. You tell Did you me. See I'm, anything? Well, I'm, I'm looking, yeah. and I'm trying to see these wing, these rings that you're talking about. Uh, let me first look. Ooh, those are pretty. Yeah, those are handmade. Those that's, are gorgeous. Those are two handmade pieces of tourmalines. Ooh, yeah. Wow, that's really nice stuff. Uh, we, so we hand make a lot of different stuff. We just uh, we're going to be getting our three D printer in and. Uh, we'll be making a lot of custom jewelry just for the store for manufacturing and things like that. If you need something handmade, we can show you the print of the wax and uh, start by showing you the details and the things that we can do. Now, is that what you're talking about, Tesoro? Yeah, that's Tesoro. Okay, so I'm blowing those up and looking at them. Yeah. Ooh, those are nice. Yeah, they're called Mindy rings, different kinds. So they, they look the, the same way all the way around? Is that yes, what you're saying? Uh, okay. Like that. Okay, so you just put it on your ring and it looks great. Yeah, it's real popular right now. Well, there's a lot of people like them, that's for sure. Yeah, there is. Okay, I'm going to have to come over and look at some of that. That looks like some interesting But you know, Dave, things. I've been in business going on nine years right now. been at that same location. And it doesn't it seem like takes, we've been doing this for nine well, years. Well, I'm still older, you know. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. I'm looking for the picture that I told you I saw that I really, really liked. It's amazing how long... Uh, how you know, time flies by, and I'm just, you It know, does. You know, you're building a business, you're building a business. And I've watched you, I've watched you just by process of watching what your customers are buying go from having tons of all kinds of different, different, different stuff to bringing it down to exactly what your customers are looking for. Right. I mean, I'm a, trying to do that. A, to do a lot of smart uh, yeah. decisions. Well, I don't know. Yes. <laughs> trying to uh, bring in all the merchandise that we need. But also the main thing is, you know, by offering the custom design out on the sales floor, and for them to be able to sit down with a CAD designer and actually build that ring in front of them is really a, a nice option to have, especially if you have a girlfriend. Here's what's good. Jewelry is like ice cream. There's always room for more. <clears throat> right. And there is. And most women want more. Uh, my wife, I have to say, Saturday's event probably wouldn't be what she'd be looking for. Because she likes, she likes silver. Silver, yeah. Which I, thank you, Lord, it saves me a lot of money. But still, I'm just saying, take me take me through this rose gold. Is that is that really hot right now? Okay, it's basically like that over in europe okay if you go to europe it's going to be all rose gold That's so what, what is old. what is rose, well, rose gold it's gold but it's been changed to a different color by using certain different alloys like copper that's been put into it okay, okay. so the rose gives it that vintage old look i should have bought something so people that. people but want that type of a look right now. now i'm selling more rose gold and yellow gold than any other thing i'm not selling the white gold as much hmm. i mean i do i still stock everything but right now, they're like a guy called me up. He said, hey, Eric, this is, you know, Jeff. I'm going to be coming over there next week. Do you have something in rose gold? I said, yes, sir. I got a bunch of it. Yeah. I said, I bought quite a few items. Right. <laughs> so, you know, so he wants – and I made their engagement ring. was actually in rose gold. And so now we're going to go to, to earrings for something. Is, it, nice. is, is this for people who want, you know, something that looks modern but still has – uh, you know, kind of, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, 
an aged look to it? Yes, I guess that would, you could say that. But rose gold is totally different than anything else. You know, it's like, okay, I had a couple come in that picked out an engagement ring, Dave. <clears throat> the engagement ring had a natural rose cut, which is, means it's faceted on top and flat on the bottom. There was not a pavilion, and it was a opaque diamond okay. of a different color. They come in different colors, all different shades. I had a whole bunch of, a row, a row of them made up and then bought that. That's exactly what he, they want. You won't find that ring anywhere except in my shop because it's made. It's handmade. Yeah. And so they bought that, and it was in rose gold with black diamonds going around it. Ooh. And the center stone was a different color as well. So wow. What I'm saying is these are some things that I make because I have a lot of requests for people who want something different in Hillcrest. All right. So they want something different. Okay, so when they come to see yeah. you, they well, number one, they know you're going to listen to them. Number two, they know that you can create whatever it is they got Correct. in their head. That's exactly right. You That's know, they got mean. an idea. Yeah. You can help them bring it to life. And here lately, it seems like I'm making uh, the coat of arms rings. The, the father's coming in. They have uh, some uh, coat of arms rings. Uh-huh. And they want to make it for their son. So I'm taking molds, making off that, casting it up. They're using their old gold if they have it. Or I can supply them with goat. And making, I've had two people come in the store here lately, and that's what's what we're making a lot of. That looks that sounds cool. Yeah, well, it's cool. We'll come back. Let's talk further. I want to talk about diamonds. Okay. Because in the like I said, you you and I have been talking for nine years. All right, and colored stones have gained more and more popularity over that nine years and colored diamonds have really gained in popularity let's talk about that when we come back sure uh 23 after four we got to get a break in here eric coleman is his name hillcrest designer jewelry he's up on cavanaugh here in little rock you can't miss him uh as you're driving up the the hill you come up past st mary's and kind of make your way up uh, cavanaugh he'll be on your right hand side uh, go over and visit with him. He loves to talk to you. Yeah. I mean, that's how he finds out what you're looking for. Right. Just come in. Whatever problem or something, just give me a call. It'll stop by at the store. What's the number? Five, uh, 501-246-3655. Can't so say give call. me a call and not expect me yeah. to not ask you what's okay. the number. All right. All right. We'll come back. We'll talk more about it. Eric Coleman here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I didn't ask uh, Eric to bring in a bunch of stuff with him this week. Uh, the next time that he's on, I'll have him bring in some things with us again. I'll show you what and, uh, looks like. Because yeah. you, you can watch on uh, on Facebook. A lot of you do that now and uh, listen to the show. I'm looking at uh, Eric right now on here. And we got, by the way, if you're on Facebook Live, facebook.com slash Dave Ellswick Show, it's got Eric's name there and underneath Hillcrest Designer Jewelry and the phone number. Good. Where uh, you can reach him at. Now, he's got a special uh, event going on tonight, so talk about that. For That's sure. the sipping shop, which Hillcrest has on the first Thursday of every month. Okay? So we're open later tonight. You know, hey, come by. We'll have drinks, libations, uh, different desserts, and things like that. Mm. We just talk jewelry. It's just like a bunch of people just having fun, talking. Yeah, looking, right. yeah. talking, looking, yeah. sipping, eating. Yeah, that sounds right. pretty yeah, good way, to me. Way, yeah, that's good. 
That's not there bad. Nothing wrong with that. There is nothing wrong with especially that. Especially when at you all. get a group of people who actually have a passion for jewelry, you know, or a passion for gemstones. You know, they want to come and look around. I love for them to show up. Okay, I'm going to start talking to you here about colored diamonds, and then we'll have to stop to let news play, and then we'll come back and we'll finish it up on the other side of news. Why do you think colored uh, diamonds, maybe just gemstones generally, have gained such popularity? Okay. The younger generation today comes in. What do you have besides a diamond? Is that what they say? Yes. Seriously? No, seriously. Yeah. Just the other day. Yeah, yeah, well, let me just show. I, they just they went, we went to the courthouse, got married. Come to my store. Hey, I don't want a diamond. What else do you have? Well, I sold them a large, specotype orange garnet to go into an antique mounting that oh, was wow. rose gold. <laughs> rose gold. There we go. Rose gold. Rose gold. Raise its heads again. Okay. So this is this is the younger generation. They're not really wanting. They, you know, we do sell diamonds. Yes, I sell it generally to the older couple or somebody for an anniversary. They want something established, and, and you know, they, they know what they know what they want. Mm-hmm. But as far as the young people coming in, they're asking to see what else I have, like teal, saf- teal colored sapphires from Montana. That's another one. Peach morganite from barrels, you know. From a, that's another colored stone that sells quite a bit. So we have this this younger generation that wants something different besides the bling. So I bought these diamonds that were not white in color. All right, hold your thoughts. Okay. We'll pick it up when we come back. Okay. News is next. Sure. Back with you. We were talking about uh, colored gemstones, and I was just asking uh, Eric here about them because when I first met Eric and we started talking about, you know, his his uh, uh, jewelry store, Hillcrest Designer Jewelry, and, and what he was doing, diamonds were big. I mean, they were big, 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 big. But now, not so much. And well, you, you were kind of explaining how that's changed over the last decade. Well, what I've have is, well, I would say that the millennials have come into the store and they don't want diamonds for some reason. They think I don't know what they think. Well, they're like I don't understand they're like that, every but, generation. They yeah. want their own look. But you know, I listen to people and what it is that they want. That I that I'll make it or do whatever I have to do to do what's needed. Now the, the the other diamonds I have sold a four carat, a four and a half carat. So what I'm saying is people are coming to see me for special diamonds, uh, for nice engagement rings and stuff. But this is the middle aged group. This is a little bit older sometimes, you know. And people are trying to uh, folks in their thirties. Is that yeah, what you're 30s, talking about? Forties and fifties and anniversaries and all kinds of stuff like that. Okay, so, you know. I so I do sell diamonds quite a bit of them actually. Well, my wife's not a big diamond person. Uh, and she's not into gold. She's into silver. But but I, she likes color. Well, I mean, you know, she likes color. The Sotheby's, the auction houses, are selling what? They put up there, just found this blue diamond at 70 carats. It's yeah. going for so many millions of dollars. So, you know, everybody hears about that. It's out there in the social media world. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if it's pink, the largest pink diamond that's been found. Color diamonds are what's hot. When it comes to wealthy or bigger diamonds, you you know they're hard to get, and the pink ones are really high priced. If you find good hot pink diamonds, but what I'm saying is that I think that color, that image of that, 
hot pink diamond or whatever it is, is you know, like with the celebrities and things like that, it kind of goes around. All right. Right? Instead of just the traditional white, there are colored diamonds. Well, I like color. I mean, I really do. I, yeah. You know, color color makes some something you have where a regular diamond, you look at it, it's what you see all the time. But yeah. then you see a, a color diamond, and it pops out at you. It, it jumps out and grabs well, your attention. Of all, you're asking the question: Is this a diamond? Because people don't know if it comes green or whatever right, color. Right, but right. It comes in all different diamonds. Come in all different colors. I just got off the phone with a diamond dealer out of New York, and I've ordered me some more of those rose cut diamonds. I was trying to explain to you earlier mm-hmm. uh, of different all colors. They and they're cut like a cabochon. Fasted it on the top, cut off on the bottom where they're flat. Okay. So flat this, on the bottom, but right, got kind of a, a dome on yes, the top. Yes, a dome okay. on the top with checkerboard type gotcha. thing. Okay. But what it is is they're trans, they're not transparent; they're opaque, but they're different colors. And what this allows me to do is to take that diamond and set it down low on the fan because I have so many people that don't want nothing sticking up. Well, well you know, grab stuff. It, it does. Yeah, you can't put a glove over it. Right. You know, got to take that big rock off. <laughs> yeah. So what good is it? I know. I'm just kidding. But, you know, Dave, I deal in, anytime somebody comes in the store, they're looking for something special. They're looking for a different gemstone. They want to know this, that. I teach them. I show them. I, you know, I come up with it. I'll find it for them. So that's what I did with this garnet sale the other day. These garnets were just, oh, my God. Your jaw would drop if you saw how what a pretty garnet was. I mean, they were cut magnificently. You can, I mean, it was just beautiful. So Jones. what what di- oh not diamonds what uh, gems have gotten really really hot I mean rubies teal. have always been hot what else is teal colored sapphires Sapphire. teal means blue green right they're that beautiful mixture of those two color right yeah and you know and bicolored stones anything that's bicolor like a tourmaline that has two colors in the stone. It's very, very popular. Is the star sapphire still popular? No, not very much. I don't have a call for that. Really? That's And the rubies. When you get up there, the rubies, you know, they're Burmese. Well, they're sky high. Yeah. They are, they're, they're hard to afford. But I, I, I got Burmese rubies in my store right now. So I'd love well, to see those. Burmese Somebody rubies by that. <laughs> are blood red. No, these are, yeah. I mean, they're red. beautiful stones, man. They are. They and really, really them. are. And you've got them. I've got them. Ready to be yeah, put are, into whatever what person I, I wants a, a state, gift. I buy state jewelry all the time. The state keeps coming in and keeps coming in and keeps coming in. A lot of that stuff I've got it marked way down for the customer. I said, here, let me show you something special that I just got in, which is actually the truth. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying, this is all I want for. This is a great price. Yeah. You know, so if you're looking for something in particular that involves whatever it is that you're looking for and you may not be able to go to uh, the mall and find it you're going to need to come see me and i can help you with that well you can go out and look at what they have at hillcrest if you'll head over to instagram if you get your instagram account i would hope you have one because it's a great way to see what people are up to but where it's got the little magnifying glass just touch that and then type it Hillcrest Designer Jewelry and follow them, right? And because yeah. uh, right now the men are bringing those Instagram pictures in the store and said, "Do you have this still?" I said, "Yes, sir, I got it." Hmm. It's it, that's, it's working. What, well, it, it should work. You can put your eyeballs on it. That's the key. You can see it. 
Right. I'm looking now. Hold on a second. I'm going back to to your site. I need to put. I'm already following, so that's no big deal. I'm looking here. Let's see. Show this post for 20% off your purchase at any of our holiday events on December 5th, 7th, or 14th. Now, that's a deal, man. 20% off? That could be a lot of money. And guess what? They get a free James Hayes blown uh, Christmas ornament. I I feel sorry because sometimes I want to help the men out because they don't have a stocking stuffer for their wife. And so I give these away to them for stocking stuffers. And things like that. So we have all kinds of discounts on different things that's in the store. You really need to stop by and just come see me. Make sure you make it a special trip. You'll find out what kind of store we are. And if you're looking for uh, some good deals, that's what we do right now during Christmas. What's the to. exact address on Kavanaugh? 3000 Kavanaugh. Boys yeah, real right. easy to find them. Right underneath La Terraza Restaurant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got yeah. a big sign out there. No, well, it's not really big now. Yeah. Anyway, stop by and visit. Uh, here with Eric. This is what I was for the girl that loves a little pop of color. This. Oh, those are opals. Yeah, those are beautiful. Yeah, they're they're, it's gorgeous. I've got, those are handmade opals on the top in 18 karat gold. They're small, but they're bolder opals. The one of them below it's a bigger one with diamonds all the way around. Isn't that pretty? The opals. Oh, it is. It's, opals. It's, all, I love opals. It's really, really pretty. You got a couple of pictures that you can look at. On them. I mean, look at that. That that one is the top. Yeah, I know. I know. That's yeah. got great picture. That's just some great stuff. I've got a box of a container <laughs> of opals that I bought one time. I got I, I got a laugh. Yeah, when it comes to Eric, I bring up a question. Yeah, I got a, I got a whole drawer of those. I I, yeah. I remember coming in the first time and asking. Well, you told me you got a lot of uh, diamonds, and he just opened up these cases, and he had. I couldn't believe how many diamonds you had. Well, I got stuff laying around back there, and I don't even know what I have. To eat. Yeah, you got a lot. <laughs> yeah, and, and so what? What that tells you is that he can configure and can make whatever it is that you want. Well, I have a cat designer. I have a guy up front that's actually that's his job. He he does a design on the computer with a CAD. We sit down together. We design things. That's what we do. He's also a fine artist. He has real great taste for color. His name's Keith Runkle. Okay? Sounds he's like fine, an artist. He is an artist. And he, uh, if you ever, he's got RunkleWorld.com is his art. Oh, I have to go check it out. Yeah, it's he's out there. But his color, he has an eye for color. He's really good at that. Well, you you got a great design. eye for color. I do. You know, you've colored. That's why I make jewelry. And, and that's it, why it I like I what, you do, what you do with the colored stones. You when The first time I visited you, what do you remember what I told you? I don't. I, I said, your cases jump out at me oh. because you had so much color in them. Right. Yeah. I mean, you well, okay. again, you go to an alphabet store and you're going to see a bunch of diamonds. Right. That's all you're going to see. Yeah. Well, I've got tourmalines because it's one of my favorite stones, so I make a lot of jewelry out of tourmalines. I make a lot of jewelry out of opals. Those are a couple of things that I like to make out of. And then, I, and then I'll start a line. I go from one line to the next, making one piece after the another. And then so I may, next year I may start a new line and go making something else, like cuffs. I've been wanting to make a whole bunch of cuffs mm-hmm. out of opals. Right. So that's that's something that I would have done. Uh, those opals you got on there on... Uh, the, the site there is beautiful. They're they beautiful. They really need to come by and see me because I can make anything that they want. If they don't, you know, if it's even if it's after Christmas, 
you know, somebody came in wanting birthstones and put into a cuff. I said, yes, I'll be glad to make that for you. Sure. Here's how I'm going to do it. I'm going to show you what I can do. And explain that to them in detail. <clears throat> See it all and how it's done and how it's done professionally and how it's done so it lasts. It's all over at Hillcrest Designer Jewelry, 3000 Cavanaugh, right here in Little Rock. All right, so let's finish up with Eric. I'm going to turn it kind of over to you, Eric. You talk about we're not that far from Christmas. I mean, today's the 5th. We yeah, are three we weeks out. Moment. Don't wait till the last moment. Yeah, don't wait. Yeah. And uh, w- tell tell the guys out there what are the big hot things, and I'm going to turn it over to you. Go. Well, like I said, I bought a whole bunch of earrings, necklaces. I've got a di- three, di- four different lines that I brought into the store with nothing but gold. The main thing that you're you're thinking about is, okay, what is it that she needs that she doesn't have already? Well, kind of do an inventory on that. Uh, that's what I would be saying. <clears throat> and look and see what she has or find out what it is that she likes a lot. <clears throat> and you well, you know as well as I do that, you know, <clears throat> it could be a tennis bracelet. It could be rings or whatever, but you need to find that out from your wife or your girlfriend and come by the store and show me that picture. Show me what it is that she likes. I had that happen today, by the way. We had a, a picture out on Instagram of three stackable bracelets. One was rose gold, one was yellow, and one was white with some diamonds on it. That's exactly what she wanted. She knew exactly what she wanted. So the more pictures that she has or she can find, you can also go to our website at hillcrestdesignerjewelry.com and look around. Now, I don't have a lot of listings on there yet with all my jewelry because we just got this in and we're still posting all of that and putting our iframes up for some of our brands that we brought into the store. But if you ever uh, get an opportunity, please stop by the store. I would love to meet you. I would love for you to find out what we're about and what, what it is that we can do for you because it's not every day that you can find a good jewelry. You know, they're, they're hard to find. And uh, when you decide that you want a good jewelry, you come see me. And I'll take care of everything that you need to have done. Uh, we're located at Hillcrest at 3000 Cavanaugh Boulevard. And uh, we, we like Hillcrest. We love Hillcrest. And just come by and stop by the store, introduce yourself, like I said, and uh, see what I can do for you. But this Christmas is coming up really quick. You know, you can't wait till the last minute. Today is the 5th. Today is the 5th. Christmas, Christmas the 25th. And I want to let you know, Hillcrest Designer Jewelry will not be open on the 25th. Right. we're going to have a truck show this saturday with a bunch of gold and uh, all this new diamond merchandise i brought in that's a great opportunity for you to stop by on a saturday if if you're not busy i know that we uh, tend to be busy a lot or you can come by on the 14th which is the following weekend which is holiday open house and a holiday open house is uh, we have a lot of people come in this is where we discount a lot of things in the store for you to come in we'll have all kinds of specials we'll also will have a bunch of food uh, catered in uh, and drinks and things like that and we have a good time we have we make it a good day that's happening tonight that, that's sip and shop when is it to, when is sip it kick shop off is tonight the time to kick off it kicks off here in a few minutes about uh, five o'clock about five o'clock a okay. bit after that. Yeah, we've already got it set up. I made some wassail. Do you know what wassail is? Well, I've... I've Christmas drink? Uh, yeah, I don't know what's in it. Yeah, it's got all kinds of stuff after in you, it. After well, you've drank a few glasses, it doesn't matter? Is that what you're no, trying to tell no, me? No, it's not, it's not alcoholic. Okay, all right. I do have the available wine and things to okay. go with it. So but what is wassail? It's a mixture of cranberry, pineapple juice, and apple cider 
And well, then that you sounds take, like it might be pretty good. And then you have cinnamon, cloves, allspice, and you put it in a container and you let this boil for a little bit. Uh-huh. And it all comes together. Ooh. And it smells really good. David tastes really good, too. It sounds like it came from England. Yeah, it could, it could have. And it probably yeah. did. And Wassel. Why did they name it Wassel? I have no idea. What, We'd have that? to look it up, and I don't want to take the time <laughs> to do that. I'm looking at this picture of this ring. This is this is a looks like an engagement ring, maybe, with a oh, ring that's guard. Pretty, yeah, that's pretty in it. Yeah. Yeah. Is it, did you make that? No, that's something that we uh, bought. Came in? Okay. Yeah. It's gorgeous. That's really beautiful. That is loaded up with chips and with diamonds and all kinds of stuff. That's it's beautiful. amazing that what we can actually design for the people that come in here. Because I just had somebody tell me, hey, I have my mother's diamond. Well, bring your mother's diamond in here. I'll make a nice setting for it. You know, whatever she wants. Yeah, and then let's let's also talk about if you have rings from the past and you don't want them anymore, well, bring them in to, to, uh, to Eric and let him melt them down or I whatever can do that or buy them yeah yeah i buy a state jewelry get some cash yeah. <laughs> and there's some people yeah help you to buy people christmas gifts that's right as far as that's concerned when you go when you go to the the auctions or you go to people these estate sales and stuff what are you looking for well or do you even have to go out and look anymore do people no, just bring just, it to you they bring it to me I don't, okay i don't have to i don't have to go out Unless somebody has a, an estate collection, they want me to do an appraisal or something or view it right. or make an offer on it or something of that nature. But most of the time, they're coming in the store asking me, talk, well, they want to talk to me. Okay. So it starts with that What do you get me for this, right? Well, no, well, we could talk back and forth. Let me go through this process of separating all this out for you. So I put the good stuff and the bad stuff. I know exactly what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And then we can come up with a price of something if he wants to sell it or if he doesn't want to sell it. It's whatever. I'm just helping the guy out. Right. See what I'm saying? Just to see what they have. And then I will make an offer if they want to sell it. Yeah, if you see some stuff that you might be yeah, interested like in. Just plain gold, you know, that's that's good, you know. Well, you can always make something out of gold. That's all right. That's what Way I'm doing right now. That's why I'm making those uh, uh, coat of arms rings for these gentlemen. They're bringing in their old gold that was from their past father, and I'm taking it and melting it down and making them a new ring for their son. Out of the coat of arms. So if I bring a picture of the Ellswick coat of arms, you can make a ring out of it? Oh, yeah, sure. Really? Yeah. Anything can be That's interesting. It doesn't, matter. it doesn't matter what kind of picture it is. You can email me a picture. You can show me what kind of idea that you have. I can get you an estimate on what it is that needs to be done. I had that happen yesterday, and it was an Art Deco wedding band. Okay. Okay. That's fine. He sent me a picture. I said, okay, I'll get back to you. I'll show you, tell you how much it is, and when it'll be ready. All right, so it doesn't matter what age you are eric is prepared to meet your needs that's correct you know jewelry is just not for older people it's for young people and it's for middle-aged people and it's always makes a great gift what i'm trying to get them to understand is that when you're buying for your wife you're buying for your children you know something really nice mm-hmm. right right hey, something that's hey, going to last going down from family to family to generation to generation Put a little bit of effort and time and money into that piece, you know? That's you never what, know. Could yeah. be your, you know, you could be wearing a, having a fam. there might be a family uh, heirloom that you it have. It will be. And, and I try to tell people, why don't you buy that diamond, special diamond for the family and let it be passed on generation to generation and have that nice diamond that's called the family diamond. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. That makes sense, doesn't it? And if you see something that you like... 
take a picture of it, send it to Eric, and ask him if he can do that. Right. I don't know of too many things that he would send back and say, nah, can't do that. Well, during Christmas time, it might be hard, but yes, afterwards. Well, yes. yeah, I'm not saying if it's yeah. something unique, it, you know, right. you need yeah. the time. But the bottom line is the point that I'm trying to make. You can make whatever people want. Right. All I got to see is see it with a picture. He's good at it. Just yeah. telling you, Hillcrest Designer Jewelry's at 3000 Cavanaugh. You want to get a hold of them and uh, stop by and, and see what he has on display for you. Talk to him. Let him pick your brain. Right. That's what he likes to right. do. And he'll design some stuff for you. What's the phone number? 501-246-3655. Just give me a call, okay? This is a, this is critical time right now. You know, you're winding it down for Christmas. Let's do something, okay? Yeah, it's winding Let's take down. Action. Big time. Yeah, come by the store. All right, we want you to do that. All right, so I got you just for a couple of more moments here. Okay. What's the coolest thing that you've made here recently? The coolest thing that I've made, opal jewelry. Oh, yeah? Opals, yeah. You I've, got, I've you got really, some on display? Is, but I got, yes, I don't know what it is, but I just, I have been wanting to get my hands on some of these large uh, boulder opals and, and also the ones that's got the fossilized bone with the opal on it. Oh wow! Seen those. I hadn't seen oh, that. Oh my God, they're beautiful. Okay. Expensive. Yeah. But you know, I want to. I'm going to get into the big opals. I may even cut a few. I want to try to learn how to cut it because that's my. That's going to be my semi time part time job as well as become an opal cutter. That's what I want to do. Very cool. When I have time. When do I have time, Dave? Though. I, I don't know. Any time that you have time. I have to figure that out. Don't I? I mean, to get you on the air, we got to plan three weeks in advance. Yeah, I know. It's just the way it works. It is because people love you. <laughs> they like what yeah. you do. Yeah. I mean, a lot of a lot of my listeners I have know. come over and talked to you, I and know. a lot of politicians that listen to the show I have know. come by and come seen you. Me. Yeah, I appreciate them too. I got them coming in. They're coming in and seeing you again. They are. I've They're just good. had them call me up. I've had two or three of them come getting ready for the next uh, Trump inauguration. A couple yeah. of years. And uh, <laughs> yeah, well. a little jab at my liberal friends. Yeah. But, yeah, it's always good to have you, Eric. I promise I will come and see you as soon as they un, they unattach me from okay. all of this I technology they have. about that, Because I, I want to come. You know what I want to come and see you. I want to get that cross necklace okay. made. Well, I just made a fancy cross for a guy that came in and heard you on the radio. Really? Heard me talking about, us, about it? Yes. We Stole my it. idea. How dare it's they? A, it's my big white gold wooden cross with a yellow gold in the center. Ooh, that's nice. And it had wooden to look to it oh that's cool yeah, it's all carved out of it. very cool yeah, it was cool eric thanks so much for uh, coming by yeah, it's always a pleasure don't forget hillcrest designer jewelry on cavanaugh 3000 cavanaugh get up there and visit with eric tomorrow you go later to, you go now go to sip and, and eat sip and shop yeah tonight <laughs> i like to say sip and we eat and then and and buy and wassail there you go <laughs> he's got it all tonight get over there i'll see you tomorrow two o'clock
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.